Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello, English learners. Welcome back to the Level Up English podcast with Michael, who is also me. <laughs> I hope you've had a great week. Today, I'm going to be talking about a really fun, interesting topic, which is why isn't Michael's English perfect? Why isn't my English perfect? Why do I make mistakes? I actually get quite a few questions about this, like, Michael, you made a mistake. Or people even not believing that I'm from the UK, apparently. <laughs> like, people think that I'm a foreigner. I say, I'm from England. And then they say, okay, what part of England? And I say, I'm from a place called Cornwall which is in the southwest. And then they say, ah, oh, okay, Cornwall. That's why your English sounds weird, because maybe your native language is Cornish, not English, which is not true. My native language is English. But of course, we all have a different way of speaking, and we all make some mistakes as well. So I hope this episode is going to reassure you that you don't have to be perfect, you know? You don't have to speak English perfectly. Because if native speakers aren't perfect, then why should we expect you to be perfect, you know? So I'm going to explore this topic and speak somewhat off the cuff, which means without preparation. But also I'm going to be speaking a little bit based on my notes as well. So 50-50 today. And if you have any trouble with your pronunciation, with your writing, or even just following along with this podcast and catching all my words then I would suggest for you the Level Up English membership. So I mention this every episode, but this is also the best thing you can do if you want to support me and keep me going. You know, the podcast is free. I give a lot of time for it. It takes money. And if you want to support me, you can become a member and get access to podcast transcripts, private podcasts, group lessons, and much more at levelupenglish.school and click on the members button. Basically, this topic today was spurred on by some questions I get about people questioning my English. And I thought, you know, how dare you question my English? You, you should listen to what I have to say and obey me without questioning. How dare you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is always really, really important to question everything in life, isn't it? You know, Whenever you hear something, we should always question what is being told to us. Not necessarily out loud, but at least question in your head. Is that right? Have I heard anything different before? What do I think about this? What's my intuition? What's my opinion? And I think it's really good to question what you hear in English too, because there are so many resources online, so many conflicting ideas, and sometimes it might actually be correct, but if you question something, you may learn there are two correct ways. If I say we pronounce this word butter, you can question, mate, that's not right. I heard it was something different. I heard it was butter. And then that's maybe when you might learn, ah, oh, American and British. Okay. So questioning is always good, even if the information is correct because you might learn something new, right? So yeah, always question things. But yeah, people often say like, Michael, you're, you're wrong about this. You did this wrong. 
I mean, the example was on Instagram I saw the other day, which was I said the largest. This is the largest building in Western Europe. I think that was my sentence. And people said, Michael, according to the rules, very politely, by the way, they, they weren't rude, but they said, according to the rules, you should say the largest. You know, the plus consonant, the plus vowel, the largest, the angriest, something like that. So I'll come back to that point in a minute and you know whether I was wrong or not, because that's an interesting one. But I also wanted to give you a question. You know, first of all, do you think it's possible for native speakers to be wrong? I think most people would say yes, right? If I said, you know, me is Michael, me good meet you, you would say, oh, that's, that's wrong, Michael. You cannot say that. But yeah, maybe it depends on what your definition of language is. Because some people might define language as successful communication, you know, rather than speaking like a textbook. If you define language as successful communication, then these kind of mistakes that native speakers will make could be argued that they're just as part of the language as anything else. And I think really it's a spectrum, there's a spectrum of what's accepted. It's not yes or no, black or white, right or wrong. It's like a, a spectrum, a scale, right? And some things were once unacceptable and have now become accepted. One example is, I want to go. I want to go. That's a standard sentence. People often say, I want to go. I want to go. And this has become more accepted over time. Probably in the beginning, whenever that was, you know, 50 years ago, I don't know when it was, this was you know, very, very bad to say. You never say this unless you want people to laugh at your English. But now it's so commonplace that even people will write this sometimes. It's still not technically correct English. It's a shortened way of saying want to, wanna, want to. But it's kind of not seen as wrong. If, you know, if an English learner says, I want to go, it's not wrong. It's fine to say that for most people. And, you know, we can go down the scale. So another one is, I ain't gonna go. I ain't gonna go. Which is, I am not going to go. But am not becomes ain't or ain't. That's a little bit different. I ain't gonna go. I'm not gonna go. A little bit different now, right? It's, it sounds a little bit more wrong, perhaps. Another really common mistake, native speaker mistake, we should say, I would have gone. I would have gone. And we shorten this to I would have gone, which is would apostrophe V-E. V-E is short for have. I would have gone. Would have, right? But many native speakers think this is an, an, a word, O-F. I would of gone. I would have gone. And this is really a pet peeve for me. I really hate seeing this. It's so, oh, you're wrong. It's so annoying. But you could argue, you know, it's, it's understandable. You know, if you read would have gone, as a native speaker, we know what you mean. So it depends how you define right and wrong, doesn't it, really? A very common example, again, like, they're very nice. 
rather than they are nice, they are very nice, you spell there like the place, like over there. They're very nice. Yeah, that's terrible uh, grammar and, you know, terrible English, but many people do that, right? So I just want to reiterate the quote I gave you at the end of the previous podcast episode, which was, language is about successful communication. It's not about being perfect. That's not to say that you shouldn't learn from your mistakes and improve these things. I think it's good to improve them when you can. And I also think there's this phrase that's useful, which is, you have to learn the rules before you can break them. And that goes for learners and native speakers. So I think the reason why would of gone is so is so annoying is because they don't know the rule. They don't understand why it's wrong. But compared to wanna, I wanna go, every native speaker knows that that is want to. We know the correct one, but we're shortening it on purpose, right? So once you know the rules, you can start to bend the rules and, and make them what you want. But I think as an English learner, it's really important to learn the correct way before you make it wrong. So I, I, I get some messages from students sometimes saying like, you know, I, I want to do this, but they might write kind of, I want to do this, D-I-S. You are good, which is like letter U, letter R, G-U-D. It's kind of speaking how you, you kind of text people, or you used to text people on the you know, old Nokia phones, for example. And, you know, I always recommend English learners don't do that. I think as an English learner, it's important to be as correct as you can be until you get to a really advanced level. And then you can start to kind of be a bit more silly and creative with, with the language. So that's my general advice. But okay, let's go through. I've got a list that I prepared here of some common mistakes that I make. And let me know if you have noticed any of these in the past or maybe even in this episode. So some mistakes I will make is a plural problem. Rather than saying there are a lot of reasons, I might say there is a lot of reasons. And this isn't just me. I hear people doing this all the time. And I'm not quite sure why. I think one reason for these mistakes is that we don't prepare what we're going to say. We don't plan the entire sentence before we say it. We start a sentence and then we maybe go a different direction. And rather than just changing what we said, we just continue with the mistake. It's not a big deal. There is a lot of reasons. Well, I might say there's a lot of reasons. And another reason is because there's is easier to pronounce than there are. There are. It's a bit harder to say, right? Yeah, there's a lot of reasons to like him. Yeah, so it's technically wrong, but it's still understandable. So let me, let me know if you've noticed that one before. Many native speakers will make that mistake. As I said before, the one with the, the largest. This is an interesting one because I think it's really important to be aware of the difference between a rule and a pattern. Many things in language are, in fact, patterns and not rules. They usually happen this way, but not always. Because remember, there is no one sitting down inventing the language rules. It's just the language comes first and people make the rules based on the language. It's not the other way around. So according to the pattern, 
you should not say the followed by a consonant. The book, the largest, the best. It should be the best, the largest, the book, something like that. However, th this might be a matter of just not preparing before you talk. But I mean, there's also many other reasons. Like, for example, we say the when we want to emphasize something. So it's very common with EST, like most. This is the biggest book in the world. Or this is the Bible, the one and only Bible. It's a very special book. So, it, you know, there's many other reasons why we do things. So there are many exceptions to these rules, right? These patterns. Another mistake I make is it's not, I suppose it, well, yeah, I'm going to do quotation marks mistake. It's pronouncing TH as an F rather than three. See, I'm not very good at it, you know, three, I will say free. You know, this costs three pounds, three dollars, right? And it can be confusing because free is already a word. It means no, no, no cost, no price. I mean, this is part of many accents in England. Many, many accents will pronounce this as free. You know, many people do that. Part of it is just laziness, but also it's just as children. Well, for me, it's as a child. I was never taught how to pronounce the TH sound. I, I wasn't taught how to do that. So my primary school failed me in that sense. And yeah, it could be a mistake, but is how, how can we distinguish between mistake and accent, you know? Irish people might pronounce third as turd, turd. Please excuse my terrible accent, but something a bit like that, like a t sound rather than th. It's not a mistake. Of course, it's their accent, right? So we have to be careful with this word mistake. It really does depend. And here's one that I've been really working on recently. And this is the word want. You may notice I may be changing my pronunciation now. I think I tend to say want. The uh as in up. I want to go. That just seems easy, natural for me. But I've recently been kind of more aware that it should be want. Want. So o uh, as in on. Want. Yeah, it's quite hard to hear that difference sometimes. I mean, even for me, you know, I also asked my friends about this and they, can, they were kind of 50-50. Some of them said want, some of them said want. It doesn't really matter, right? They're very similar. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. No one's going to notice unless they are an English teacher. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to correct myself on this as much as I can because I am a teacher and I want to kind of, you know, on one hand, I want to give you natural English, which is the reason why I don't speak slowly in these episodes. I don't, I don't slow down my English for the listeners because I want to kind of give you a natural English as much as I can. However, I do feel like I have a responsibility to teach you a more standard way. You know, I don't want to come and teach you all these like things that only a few people do. Because again, I think it's important to learn the rules before you break them, yeah? So I, I think it's important to teach that standard way, at least from my perspective, and then yeah, go a little bit more creative later on. 
Oh, another really funny example that I hear all the time because we're on the topic is the word pronunciation. I hear so many people, so many of my friends say pronunciation, pronunciation. I even hear this from English teachers too. And it's a little bit annoying for me. But yeah, we say pronounce, pronunciation. So the noun becomes none, pronunciation. And many native speakers do this. So yeah, I, I hope that makes you feel better that it's not, you know, native speakers are not perfect. So don't think you have to be perfect too. I'll tell you though, the only reason I I do this one correctly, pronunciation, is because I was in English class when I was, I guess, 18 or something, and I said pronunciation in front of the class, and my teacher corrected me and laughed at me. He can, oh, Michael, that's shocking. Like, you can't say, he, he laughed at me because I said it wrong. And actually that, I was quite embarrassed, and that experience stuck in my mind, and I never said it wrong again. So, you know, maybe being embarrassed and feeling stupid for your mistake is not a bad thing because it's going to help you stop making the mistake in the future. So I think the main takeaway from today is that fluency is not about being perfect. Being fluent is not being perfect. If you take away one thing from today, I think it's that. It should be that. And if you do notice any of my mistakes, that just means you're improving. So well done for noticing, it's a great sign. And I'm always happy to get feedback on them. You know, if, you, if you hear a mistake, you're welcome to let me know. Probably I'm aware of it. You know, I know I'm making a mistake, but it's nice if you can kind of point it out and maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong, you know, let me know. Maybe you're, you made a mistake about my mistake. <laughs> but yeah, keep in mind that, that you will never find a teacher who makes zero mistakes. It's just not possible. If we speak perfectly like a textbook says we should, then we will all sound like robots and it will be a very, a very boring world. And this is exactly why I'm not an advocate of teaching the British accent to everyone. I often don't cover topics of accent on the podcast because I don't think everyone should end up sounding like the Queen. You know, I don't think that's really a good goal. I think we should work on our pronunciation, but I think we should learn to accept and embrace our own accents. And it will surely sound more natural over time anyway. So learn to love and embrace your accent, accept the way you talk and don't try to sound like someone else, if that makes sense. That's my own philosophy, but let me know what you guys think. But, okay, let's read some kind podcast reviews now. So that was my robot voice, right? <laughs> let's read some kind podcast reviews now. I got a nice review from Germany. Don't see that very often, but welcome to the German listeners. Germany from Lady Som or Lady Zom, who said, thanks for your efforts. Your podcast is really great. Love to hear that. Thank you very much. I got another from Pei Yun from Taiwan, who said, thanks a lot. Listening to your life sharing is awesome. You are not alone. That's very nice. Thank you very much. And I got one more from China. And this is all in Chinese again, so maybe people just want me to read Chinese, I don't know why, but they gave a four-star review, and 
they said, I'm, I'm gonna, again, I'm going to try to read Chinese. If you bear with me, I'm sorry, Chinese people. Right, so that means, why can't I hear this? Why can't I hear this? I don't know. I don't know. What was, what was your name? Your name is in Chinese. I'm not quite sure what that says. I don't know why you can't hear this. Is there a problem with the podcast in China? I hope not. Let me know if there is. But <laughs> I guess if, if, you, if there is, you won't hear this, right? But anyway, there was a nice um, Chinese review. <laughs> I, I hope you can hear. I, ho- I hope it's working. But yeah, thank you for listening today. I'm going to leave you with a quote now to inspire you from the week. And this is a quote taken from my English with Michael Instagram page. And this is a quote from Michelle Ruiz, I suppose. If people are doubting how far you can go, go so far that you can't hear them anymore. Good one, isn't it? Okay, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching today. Hope you enjoyed it and I'll see you in the next episode. Don't forget, you can also become a member at levelupenglish.school or leave a podcast question or audio message if you click on that podcast page as well. But thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye for now.